you're listening to a Mash Those Buttons limited series. Visit us at mashthosebuttons.com. Welcome to Squad Goals, a Mass Effect Legendary Edition podcast, where we're discussing our experiences playing through the Mass Effect Legendary Edition. My name is Nick Zelenkevich, and I'm joined by Chip Locke. Howdy, Space Cowboys. And Corey Kurabara-Treadway. Greetings from space. And this is episode number 37. And today, we have finished the side quests. We have finished most of the DLC. We have finished... Most of the loyalty missions, and we are ready to go get the Reaper IFF because I'm sure this is going to go perfectly smoothly. Nothing can go wrong. Definitely not a setup. Exactly. When has the elusive man led us astray before? Never. He's a he's a he's a nice upstanding guy. Total boy scout. Even though he's 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 upstanding, even though he sits down in that three legged chair all the time. (laughs) All right, but. yeah, with that said, let's go ahead. Let's hear about what happens when we go to get the Reaper IFF, and then we will uh, chat about how easy, easy that was. Very easy. Joker pilots the Normandy towards the dead Reaper. He spots a Geth ship near the being, and Shepard surmises that is the reason the science team dropped out of contact. Joker fights the Shear coming off the Reaper's Mass Effect core, which is still active. They get inside the Mass Effect field, and Joker is able to dock with the massive structure. Shepard and team board, and they start finding logs from the crew indicating that they were feeling edgy. Logs indicate that Dr. Chandana, project lead, was starting to listen to the Reaper samples they had obtained. The Mass Effect core spikes suddenly, and a barrier is raised, cutting off access to the Normandy. The team continues on, discovering bloody bodies, and they are starting to realize the Geth aren't responsible for what's happened here. The log indicates the scientists were starting to share memories. Husks attack the team, and an unseen sniper helps pick them off. The sniper emerges and is revealed as a Geth with N7 armor embedded in its body. The logs continue to indicate that the Reaper was causing the crew to descend into madness. They find members of the crew on dragon spires to turn them into husks. The Geth sniper returns and appears to aim at Shepard, but shoots at husks that were coming for the commander. Shepard and team fight some Skions and are finally able to get the Reaper IFF. The Geth sniper is at a terminal and lowers a barrier for Shepard to approach. Husks attack from both sides and Shepard and team have to shoot the Mass Effect core to take it out. With the Mass Effect core disabled, the Reaper is going to crash into the planet. Shepard grabs the unconscious Geth sniper and everyone races back to the Normandy where Shepard makes a patented, dramatic jump to board. 
Normandy is able to flee. Yeah, so the term derelict reaper, the word derelict is carrying a, a, lot, of, a lot of that statement there. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, not quite what it sounds like going in, it seems like. What do you mean? What do you mean? Does it sound like it sounds like a broken reaper, and it's a reaper with a hole in it. It's pretty broken. Uh, yeah, it's kind. Of, it's fairly broken, but it's not dead. Like a derelict, like you said, Nick. It's doing a lot of work because it's not broken. Broken. It's not fully non-functioning. Well, I guess the question becomes: like, it could very well be a dead reaper, but what is death to a? non like quasi organic quasi mechanical sentient being right that we don't understand its origins can i, I guess the better question is can a reaper actually die well yeah well i guess that's the truth we know a reaper can die because we, we oh for sure yeah. sovereign yeah i mean if you if you blow <laughs> them up mind. into enough little parts then they have effectively died but 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 yeah, what is what is the death state or what is the state of this reaper because it's clearly still exhibiting some of its functionality and some of like the, it, it's it's energy is keeping it floating over no, you know no, this no, gas giant, like, right like it's, it's mass effect uh, engines just keeping it it's keeping it going it's still generating okay. a field that's making it not descend into the gas giant yet I, you know uh, I, and and I I don't want this to be like a I, I was about to make probably a fairly off color joke for people who remember stuff fifteen years ago but uh you know I mean. Is it alive then? Because it has enough energy to keep itself floating and it's still indoctrinating people. What is, yeah, <laughs> you know exactly what I was going to joke about. Yeah, so that's, that's not great. Um, but, you know, for real, like, what does it mean to be alive or dead? Don't know. We talk about a lot of heavy, weird stuff on this show. I was just going to say there's a lot of heavy, weird stuff in this game. But yeah, there is. Yeah. Uh, yeah, well, I think it's like a, this is a lot of it's intentional because they're trying to play off a lot of the Lovecraftian stuff with. If you let all them, like they're technically dead and still can affect the uh, reality. Well, we've seen people find like Reaper artifacts, and it's not exactly clear what a Reaper artifact is. It could well be like piece of Reaper, like maybe like even in death, like the indoctrination effect is just emanating from whatever material Reapers mm. are made out of. That it, it's it's one of those things. Like, yeah, you can kill me, but I'm still gonna be a problem for you. And I'm you're you're and, and and that could even be one of the the ways that the reapers seem to be almost eternal in some ways that right. they might die, but then okay, so some like you know tiny little life form, and I mean tiny in comparison, you know stumbles upon them, gets indoctrinated, and then winds up doing whatever is necessary, like to bring them back to life, to resuscitate them. That there's no, I mean, short, and, and that's the thing too is like even like all the sovereign stuff. Who's to say all the wreckage from that was. Hey was you know like pure that they could be handled i mean i hope they got that stuff off the citadel and far far away and like i, threw I actually think this something. comes back up and i think it it does like some of the wreckage does indoctrinate people now that you now that we're talking about this so yeah maybe that is just sort of like a latent effect of any sizable chunk of reaper leftovers that it does indoctrinate yeah it's and i mean it's one of those things first off one like shepherd really needs to like slap the elusive man because this is now the second time the second time he's like, oh, hey, we found this place that's perfectly safe. Right. <laughs> you right. can go there. Nothing bad is going to happen. And now, admittedly, he, you know, he knew he said like, oh, no, I, you know, with the with the collectorship, 
I knew that this was going to be a problem. So, you know, I, I was intentionally being obscure here. It's not as clear that he, you know, right. It's not as clear that he didn't know that. Uh, yeah. I, I feel like know, this one still. was more of a surprise. And this is, this is a really cool, there's also a nod to this in the first game for sure. And I know we talked about this. We talked about, there's a planet you scan where it's like 37 million years ago, there was a glancing blow of like a massive energy weapon off of this planet and it hit something else. This is what it hit is this Reaper. Yeah. We talked about this earlier, like at the beginning of this uh, game too, and they were talking about That's right. the, rail gu- the rail guns where it's like, when you fire this, you're ruining someone's day. It's going to keep going and going. But yeah, this is this is what that hit. So it's kind of like a cool little thing in there. Yeah, it's... I don't know the, the whole experience of you get on here and you're just like okay like this place is you just know like this place is going to be bad news mm-hmm. like there's no nobody's like oh hey like let's take a you know like a touristy jaunt over to the Reaper and go check it and out you, like it's you, you oh. think it's been dead for 37 million years like what could, what harm could it do right well uh, I don't know my, my problem with it is like we have seen way too much other Reaper technology that's also been buried for many years and doctorate people well, why would a giant one do it. Well, what's weird is the Reapers come through every, what is it, like 50,000 years, I think we said? Roughly. Give or take, yeah. Give or take. And so if this has been there for 37 million years, we said? We absolutely have talked about this because I just pulled up. Yeah, so 740 cycles, bare minimum, is is what this would be. Like, if it's 50,000-year cycles, 37 million years, then the Reaper invasion, so, so yeah. We know, like, when the Reapers come through, they, like, try to wipe out all evidence of them ever having been there. Mm-hmm. So then why is this still there? This is like, this is clearly a trap. They, they're intentionally uh, leaving this there. Like sure. at some point this is going to come into play. Right. Cause and, how and, do you who, leave it for 739 more cycles, give or take, and nothing comes and cleans it up. Oh yeah. I think, I think, we, not, I think the discussion with this is just basically it's in, it's in the gas giant itself. So no one's noticed it, but uh, maybe I guess this is one of those things where the reapers are built up as this like infallible enemy and, and, don't get me wrong. They're very tough. You know, Shepard's not like one shotting a Reaper or anything like that. But like at the same time, and then it's like, oh, but like they missed this colony on Ilos and all right. they're you know, going over. Admittedly, like Ilos is trying to hide. They're doing what they can. But like, you know, the, the Reapers missed that in their in their purge attempts. They missed a dead Reaper, you know, hanging out close to a gas giant. What else are they missing? Like they, they you know, I mean, and I get it. I get it. The galaxy is a big place. Mm-hmm. So when you come through with your cleaning crew you're going to miss, you know, some spots under the rug or, you know, you're going to have, you know, some, some, you know, a little mess here or there that you didn't quite clean up properly. I get that. But it just seems that like this, this should have been caught. And like, I just feel like, no, right. this is probably something that they leave because by the time you're able to get to this, cause there's nothing around it. Like the gas, there's no life on the gas giant. Sure. There's no, there's nothing there. Like by the time you get to that Reaper, you've already encountered some of their technology. They're already well on their way to, you know, their plan to get you, you know, taken over mm-hmm. is in place that I so, guess they're like, yeah, we're not worried about that. So you're, yeah. I mean, I think to your point, this does feel much more like a trap than a mistake because how do they miss this almost like, you know, a quarter of a thousand times in different cycles and not, there's never a moment where they're like, oh, we're getting an energy reading from like one of our dead, you know, brethren or kin or whatever you want to call them. Like, it does feel like this must have been an intentional because it's too ridiculous to be an oversight. Mm-hmm. It's really interesting going through this mission too, like going through the, the, the different terminals 
that the scientists leave, and you see them slowly, slowly start to evolve into just madness. That's how, oh, yeah. yeah, that horror vibe strikes again, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, because even then, you, you, sh- you get in there, and there's all the bloody corpses. And, yeah, and you're like, wait, did the Geth do this? Yeah, I think it's actually Zayud. At least on my playthrough, it was Zayud who like, kind of pointed out, like, that doesn't, that doesn't seem like the, the, the Geth that did this. Right. Yeah, what the hell? Did the Geth do this? That's what Zayud says. And, and yeah, and then you start getting in. It's like, oh, and like clearly something's in their heads because they all start having the same dream about like the one dude's wife. And they're like, how do you know? Like, how do you remember yeah. like, a memory from my wife? It's like, we all have the same memory. My wife. That's weird. Yeah. Sorry. Uh, yeah, that is that is actually a really cool scene, like where they're both talking about the memory of the same wife. And, and they're like, wait, whose wife is who? Wait, what? That sounds like a terrible game show. Whose wife is it anyway? Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> 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 I don't think there I- are no winners on that game show because you're all on a reaper. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah, they, they, yeah, they all start. Yeah, it, 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 I mean, and that's the thing is like, especially when you're going through this, you, the first sign of something wrong, you're like, okay, like, I know exactly what's happening. Like, this, and it's odd that Cerberus would have sent these people off to study a reaper or mm-hmm. work on a reaper without at least saying, like, oh, by the way, like, if you get close to a reaper, you get indoctrinated. So, like, you know, at least be familiar with your subject. Not that, like, I understand it's dead, so you don't think that the indoctrination can still happen, but they should at least be familiar enough with Reaper technology to be like, hey, this is getting weird. I think maybe we're getting indoctrinated. But by the time, I think that's the thing about indoctrination is by the time you realize you're getting indoctrinated, it may be too late. Hey. Because even if you're like, I should probably leave, you're not actually going to leave. You're just going to be like, I should, I should probably leave, but I'm just going to keep sitting here. Well, you know, I should totally leave. Remember in Prometheus at the beginning ass of that movie where all of the scientists walk into the alien cave and just take their helmets off? Yeah. Yeah. Because they're, idiot, they're idiots? Because they're, yeah, like, this feels like that. That's, I, I don't like this, that movie to this day. I know a lot of people really like Prometheus, and I just, really that moment do? took me, sh- I hear, yeah, people are like, oh, yeah, Ridley Scott, Prometheus, still got it. Um, uh, I'm not, this is not a, I, it took me out of the movie so hard, and this is the same thing with this mission a little bit, is like, uh, these guys, like, what are you doing? You know better. This is crazy. I think... I don't know. I, I I mean, I'm not disagreeing with you. Like, what are you doing? You know better. Maybe everybody taking off their helmet seems a little bit silly, but like one guy's going to do it. <laughs> one guy's going to look around and be like, hey, this looks fine to me. And you're just like, like, like you know, and well, maybe, you know, it all, maybe yeah. that's a little more realistic. But it also depends on like what the elusive man was doing, because for I'm pretty sure he knew it was going to happen. He may have not let them know on some certain information about the indoctrination, yeah. how that worked. So. They might not be dumb. They might be like, oh, he said it's fine. Okay, we'll go in. Nobody warned us about this. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. It could be sort of like evil machinations instead of incompetence, but it does feel like it's got to be one of them, right? Mm-hmm. But some, I don't know. And I guess maybe part of the problem, too, is like these transmissions, like if these transmissions were getting off the ship or off the Reaper, as it were, if they were sending this information back, like, hey, we're all having the same dream about that one dude's wife. If they, if somebody back at base gets that information, they might be able to put two and two together and say, "Hey, you're getting indoctrinated. Get the hell out of there." But how do you not like Cerberus is a paramilitary organization? They they have the expertise here. You're getting you know twice a day check ins from your operations. Like the, somebody's got to be checking in. Well, who? I guess now the question is, who knows about indoctrination? We know Shepard knows about indoctrination. Mm-hmm. I'm assuming the elusive man knows about indoctrination because he mm-hmm. knows about everything. Dude, definitely, yeah. But is that information being disseminated throughout 
Cerberus. Like, I would at least hope it would, like, you know, like, you'd get a little packet, like, you know, so you're going to visit a Reaper. Here are things you should know. Like, you know, like, that should that should be told to them. I, I mean, like, you know, like Mouse on the Citadel. He doesn't need to know about indoctrination because sure. he's not doing anything with that. But. But, yeah, Shepard definitely told people, too. I mean, this definitely has come up in, like, how he debriefed the council and all of this stuff because, like, this is was the problem with Saren. So, yeah, the elusive man 100% knows by this point indoctrination is a problem. Yeah. You could you could go in there and say like, hey, we're going to send these people in. We think this thing is dead. Um, we know indoctrination. But even if even if you didn't know about indoctrination, you still have a big old science team in a derelict ship that is being suspended above a gas giant that will crush them if they fall into it. You're going to want to hear from them periodically. I, you know, it, and that's the problem is that they stopped checking in. So yeah, I guess you, you, you were hearing from them until they stopped. Yeah. Yeah. But, but if they're gradually getting indoctrinated, I, I don't know. Um, it's not well, that I bad. guess the, it's how, how rapidly did it happen? I mean, if you're checking in every other day and, and maybe okay, you should yeah. be checking in more than every other day and it takes two days for this to happen, they could be, you know, it might not have been apparent until too late. Yeah. And it depends like, yeah. like if they did like we have the quantum communication with instant communication, with this, they might be using regular, and there's uh, quite a bit of delay. Yeah, I guess so. I, I mean, it's it's plausible. Like, I, I can see it happening this way. It's yeah. n- it's no Prometheus moment for me, certainly. Yeah. My question, though, is, like, because regardless of how long it's been, why do we have a new type of husk already in this one? <laughs> like, like the earlier ones, like, we have the exploding husk in, over here. Yeah, those are annoying. Oh, well, well because oh, it's later in the... It's later in the game, and you you need new husk types. Oh, but does, does the, <laughs> or, the dead reaper body know? Like, okay, we've if they've they've already used to my husk. Let's give them the upgraded versions now. Yeah, did you on the like one an in fiction reason for that? Because I don't have one. <laughs> well, I, I mean, on on the one hand, it's possible maybe that like each type of reaper produces different husks, and that you know this one was capable of producing exploding husks. Whereas Sovereign wasn't, because Sovereign wasn't as good of a Reaper. I don't know. Sovereign was lazy. <laughs> wow. How how does this thirty seven year old million year old Reaper know how to make husks out of humans anyway? That's also it's, true. Especially if it's mostly quasi. Well, this this just feeds into the trap theory more and more. I I, I think I think the was it the dragon spires is what they're called mm-hmm. the, the the spikes the spikes that you throw the people the on I think teeth. those just work on any kind of organic life okay that I don't I don't think it needs to be too human specific they're magic spikes it just works it just works out conveniently like oh yeah like these are human I mean maybe it's possible maybe the the exploding husks were generated from a different kind of life form maybe depending on you know depending on what you put in you get something different out hmm. except so they might have looked human. Like that might be the end result is that it has like a, a humanoid appearance, but maybe that's what happens. Like if you throw a Turian on a husk, I don't know. I mean, or, or, or some other life form that over the 37 million years, like some other life forms had to find this thing. That's true. This would be great. We may be deep in the weeds on this one. I don't know. We really are. So. But, but yeah, there's the, yeah, the, the one part where they talk about uh, what a dead God can dream. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so Lovecraftian. Like, oh, yeah. Yeah. I was almost saying, I was saying directly from there. It's like it's like it's always about like dead Cthulhu still dreams in the city of Ryla. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yeah. So what if what if Lovecraft was actually indoctrinated and his literature was actually his attempt at warning us that the Reapers were coming? <laughs> the Reapers are coming. The Reapers are coming. 
I would play that weird, uh, like spin-off prequel, like uh, Mass Effect eighteen ninety two or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> that would be funny. That would be, but yeah. So, so not only do we encounter the Reaper, but we also encounter our newest crew member. Well, at least I should say he's not exactly our newest crew member yet. It depends how we, you yeah. know, what, what happens with him. You can make well, a wrong we, decision here. You can make a very yes. wrong decision. Yes. But yeah, we, we meet a, a Geth sniper wearing N7 armor mm-hmm. that calls Shepard, Shepard Commander. I love, I love his like vocal mannerisms. He's Shepherd so, Commander. Oh, he's a, he is awesome. And he's, he's so frustrating because as I said earlier, like I, like, you know, like because of the, 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 kind of clock that starts with this mission i tried to do as much of the game as i could before doing this which is a shame because legion is awesome and you wind up having to deny yourself the ability to play through most of the game without him without being able to utilize him yeah he's he's real he's real fun to use on your team man just like the once you get him on there you can talk to him he's had such interesting conversations about the geth and the geth rate like like how everything works He's, yeah, he's so interesting, and the the I, there's I encourage folks to like me who play this game in a little bit of too much of a rope fashion. Get on YouTube, and there's uh there's a fellow named I think his channel name is Big Dan Gaming, but he's got a whole boatload of of content for like here's some weird outcomes in Mass Effect games that you probably didn't get. So like you can have Legion talk to the council. Like there's a whole bunch of wild stuff that you can do with legion if you are willing to watch some people die yeah which like i just never am yeah. in my own playthroughs i think no no it's i mean see uh, uh, last episode we talked about you have the decision uh where you have to decide do i save the high value military target or do i save uh the population center and as you pointed out at the time chip like there's no actual consequence to that decision you don't actually find out Later, it doesn't affect your war resources or anything. It's purely a theoretical decision that you're making in the confines of a game. Right. But the decision about when you get Legion actually has consequences. You actually have people that you will lose that you can weigh against whether you want to acquire him and, and what you want to see with him, him or not. Take him to do stuff. It, right. Exactly. It, 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 and so it's fascinating in that regard because it, it's... You think like, oh, like the, the, you know, the best ending is where I save the most people. And yeah, and, and to do that, you have to postpone, you know, the experience of getting Legion. But yeah, to, to I mean, to take a Geth and to sort of experience the Mass Effect world, a world which is explicitly anti-Geth, um, but, but to take him and put him in situations, it's, it, you know, it's fascinating. And it's one of those things where I think, I almost think I need to do another playthrough of this game where I, I make some of these decisions that I otherwise wouldn't make, such as, you know, doing the Reaper IFF early and just kind of, I mean, mm-hmm. you know, if if they die, they die. Yeah. Yeah. I kind of want to, I mean, you almost want to like do a playthrough for that and just say, Hey, this isn't like sort of a, con- or maybe you, you know, you take it all the way to the end uh, of Mass Effect three, just to experience a different game. I mean, I feel like I should do it. I just, I don't want, I don't want my crew to die. I like them too much, but you can literally pick up Legion before you get tally at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and there's, there's a whole bunch of, yeah, there's like a whole bunch of consequences, there's a whole bunch of dialogue <laughs> that like, yeah. 
Yeah. yeah. So you could pick up Legion and then bring Legion to Tally to get with with you to get. Oh man. Yeah. How, how does that play out? And I mean, we're going to talk about because I think all three of us did this on this playthrough. Uh, and I don't know that I had ever done it, and I'm pretty sure neither of you had. But like, and then you know, you can bring Legion to Tally's loyalty mission, but you can bring Legion oh. to like a bunch of loyalty missions if you're willing to have a less positive outcome. Well, that, I lo- well, that's the one thing thing is that. Um, you could like the the number of playthroughs for this game as far as bringing you, you know you can only get to bring one character on a given loyalty mission because like mm-hmm. the other one's forced so that's like eleven t- different variations on a given theme for each of those so that's like one hundred and twenty one playthroughs or something <laughs> yeah some of them have the same dialogue but using certain crew members they actually have unique dialogue that just changes what the meaning of things it's like yeah or you get like slightly different insight from the characters as far as what they notice and and. I mean, they do a pretty good job of, you know, like the characters, you know, being in character as it were. So it's, yeah, I mean, it, 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 it's fascinating. It gives the game a ton of replayability, but it's at the same time though, the problem is it takes so long to replay it. At some point you're just like, yeah, like, do I really need to do another 30 plus hour playthrough just to see, you know, just to see Grunt interact with. Miranda's sister. And this is, the, oh. this is the joy of YouTube and finding, you know, somebody who takes the time yeah. to make all these clips for you. I, I will say, though, when it comes to games like this, 30 hours isn't that bad. No, 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 no you're, you're right on that front. Because, I mean, at that point, you're, you're not going to do all the side missions. I mean, you're going to sure. know what you can, you're, you're, you're going to kind of speed run it. There was one game I was playing. It was like a, a visual novel. And I found, I figured out, like, I found the text file where they store, like, all your sort of like the data about your decisions. And so like, and I played through the game already like two or three times by this point. And so like, I found this, I'm like, Oh, this is where they keep all the information, what you've done. And mm-hmm. at that point I was just changing values left and right. So I could then open up a specific cutscene, you know, go to like a certain save point and see, well, what happens if my, my values are this at this cutscene, and then, you know, kind of get all the different endings and, and see what exactly I was missing. Uh, it'd be nice if I could hack the mass effect save file that way. Um, it's definitely not just a visual novel, so it's a little bit more difficult for sure. <laughs> right, right. You can. I mean, there there are save editors on PC. Like, on, I'm sure there if are. If you yeah. go to Nexus Mods, there's 100% save editors and you oh, can yeah. play around with all that stuff, which is fun. Maybe that's what you do is you go, you get Legion early, you take him through all the stuff, and then you go to the save editor and you reset the timer on the IFF. That is that is actually what you do <laughs> is you go, you have all the cool game experiences you want. You, you don't let the stupid timer ruin your, your fun, and then you just edit it. I've been watching the Matrix movies recently, and so now I'm just imagining like some kind of cross between like Shepard and Neo, like being able to do this and just resetting time because you can change the program. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know. I, I I have no problem with this. They just um oh yeah, we knew we were going to talk about this. They put uh le- the Legendary Edition on EA Play, which uh is in Game Pass. So now I have a PC version already installed and waiting for me to fire it up. Oh, uh, nice. So I'm, I think I'm going to do that. That sounds fun. If I didn't already have the PC version, I would totally get EA Play. <laughs> I, if, I had an, if, if I had an Xbox, I think I might do it just for uh, just to be able to play it on, on, the, uh, on, on the On the Xbox? Console. Yeah. 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 Just, just don't get the Steam version of EA Play. It doesn't work out very well. Is there? Oh, that's confusing. I didn't know there was a Steam version of that. It, go, it, goes, through, it goes through the same. Like it go, you have to launch Origins as well. For some reason, still a good valid version of the games don't work properly. 
Because uh. like there's a there's a Steam version of the games, and then there's a EA an EA Play version of the game. Because of course there is. Yeah, yeah. I so I used it for Rogue Squadron, and it worked well. I haven't actually booted Legendary on my PC yet, but I, I assume it'll work. Yeah, mine was more. I, I got Dead Space through it, and the Dead Space and the EA Play version won't let you get past the first area because it's it's got a bug that you can't get through the doors. And the only way to fix it is to uninstall it and then download a, a regular version from Steam. How fun. What a delight. But that's not related to this, so let's continue on with this mission. Right, yeah. So, so one of the little details that I thought was interesting is that the you know there are terminal screens throughout the throughout the Reaper, and they don't activate until Shepard gets close to them. Which I thought was like, oh, that's I have an Amazon Echo in my kitchen. That's exactly what it does. <laughs> is that like the screen goes off and then like, oh, when I walk into the kitchen, it turns on. I'm like, oh, that's that's fascinating. Like we have that technology in my house now. That is kind of wild. Yeah, I put um in my old place. I, I moved into our our new house, but uh, and I need the wired up. But we had a bunch of Hue motion detectors that would do the same. Like you'd walk into a room and it would turn the lights on for you, and then like turn them off if it didn't see anybody moving. It's really nice. Yeah. I was really nice that this uh this this Reaper though. Speaking of it, is uh has platforms for us to walk on and stand. Well, it's. I mean, that's the thing about Reapers is they're part ship. But why, like, like inside it? That is that is a good point. Why is it designed for organics to move around inside it? You know, conveniently. Also, well, I think. I think it has to be something along the lines of like like. I mean, think about like you have like what they talk about, like your gut biome, like all the bacteria you have in your gut. And like even then there's microbes like all over your skin and whatnot. Like maybe I mean, it's not quite the same scale, but I mean, for what, like a two mile long Mm -hmm. entity to have, uh, you know, like a six foot tall person walking around. It's very minuscule. I think we function as their bacteria, basically, like we're on there. Sure kind of coexisting i guess you know through indoctrination we're brought into their you know the, oh. the thing is they, they're able to mentally control us we become oh, the bacteria. What, so you're saying like uh, reapers probably have like a bunch of indoctrinated or modified things running around inside them doing whatever it is that they do that's entirely possible yeah i guess we never like go inside a living reaper huh no. Yeah, that's messed uh, up like, I feel like they, they I thought they, they they left the things to their, their things that die, but maybe they do keep a couple around just to live inside of them. D- so and they do like spew out husks and crap. Like that's a thing. Yeah. Oh, yeah, boy. that's like Yeah. If you think about husks husks are like blood cells. Like what is it? The uh like the white blood cells that come out as like your defenses? Sure, yeah. I mean you're taking some you know, you're just taking some microbes or whatever and you're converting them into, you know, something to be hostile to go out and you know, and okay, so they they spew them out on the outside. <laughs> but, sure, yeah, yeah, but but yeah, the different scales, like different things that work. Yeah, that's that's, that's wild. Theory. I had that's, I'd never considered that. Really weird to think about. That that's and this is why, as service, you would send a crew to examine a dead reaper to learn all you can about their physiology. But mm-hmm. yeah, how, I mean, I guess the other, the only other people you could ask would be anybody who like on Saren's crew. But he didn't really have a crew. His crew was Geth. Right. He, I mean, well, he had, it was like him and uh, uh, Benezia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that, the, yeah, I don't think you ever see anything else living on there. No, but he, he I mean, he, yeah, you get that one scene yeah, at the yeah. beginning of, 
at the beginning of Mass Effect, or not mm-hmm. the beginning, but like it, it's it. like a, a few hours in where like he's yelling at Benetia. It's the first time you see Benetia, like in some kind of like it's not quite a bridge, but like he's got like a nice little he's got like it's a little office. It's like he's got a nice little chair that he can yell at her from. And other than that, like we, this is the next time that we see the insides of a Reaper. I guess if you, we could say we see the insides of a Reaper when we blow up Sovereign, but that's not well. Yeah, uh, but- we don't. Really, yeah, I guess so, but. I kind of, I kind of wish that like, we could explore more of the Reaper just to see how more things flow. I'd like to see like a cross section of the Reaper just to find out. Yeah, I'm sure there has to be some kind of. Well, actually, I don't know. I don't know. On the one hand, I want to be like there has to be a Mass Effect book where they like break down like you know Reaper physiology or like the the layout like blueprints for Sovereign or something like that. But on the other hand, it's like maybe not. I mean, they're, they're, they're I would love still, to see that. Yeah. I mean, you know, we're gonna get another Mass Effect game. The Geth are going to be involved. That much we know. Um, but I don't know what kind of cards they'd be holding it, you know, close to their chest to be like, okay, if we ever want to expand on Reaper. Sure. You know, like, you know, Reaper lore. I mean, you know, there's no need to put it out in a, in a, in a, a coffee table book. That's fair. Yeah. So what, what else? Uh, what do you guys think of that one final, no, not final, but there's that one part where you have to, the, the AI core, you're kind of shooting at, or not the AI core, the Mass Effect core, you're shooting at that, but you've got the Reapers kind of coming, not Reapers, the, the husks and whatnot. Coming from like both sides of the room. I hate that fight. It's very annoying. Um, well, I did hate it. I feel like the last few times I've played the game, I've gotten into the flow, but I definitely remember like the first time I did it feeling fairly frustrated because you get a limited amount of time to like pop the core and then you've got like husks beating like, you know, storming and beating the crap out of you. Yeah. It really depends on your, your team, your crewmates, if they're handling the husks really well. Because if they, if they stop dying and start fighting, Pretty easy. But yeah, tell them don't stand in the fire. Right. <laughs> yeah, like my, my first mission playing this, I my crewmates kept getting themselves killed. I'm like, what are you guys doing? Move away from the husks. And then as soon as those two die, they'll start rushing at me like, ah, freaking. Right. Gotta heal these guys up, making more distractions. If you, yeah, if you like, because, posi- and that was like one of the few times where I like tried to position my dudes. Like I, the game at the beginning is, it, you know, you go through the tutorials, like, here's how you position your your guys so they can help you on the battlefield. I, like, never do that. And the one time I tried to do it, the exact same thing happened. Like, yeah, y'all stand here at the top of these stairs, shoot things that come up, and they just got swarmed and died. So, absolutely useless. Yeah, that whole... Yeah, the problem is there's no good cover in that room. Nope. There's just... And, it, it, and so, it's like, wherever you kind of set yourself up, you're always you're, you always have a flank exposed to the other group that's coming in. There's just, there's nowhere to post. I mean, the thing that's always worked out for me is just literally roving around finding stuff to shoot. And yes, you know, and then yeah. when I get a, a second turning and looking and popping the the core if it's open. Yeah, that's really all you can do. Is that yeah? Because otherwise, if you kind of you because I mean, there's plenty of fights where it's like okay, it's one of those things that I almost feel bad about with this game because there's so many levels of cover in some of these fights, and they're like okay, like I'm supposed to fight here. Like you can kind of see like they have like you know sort of intended places for you to kind of hang out, and like I feel like 75 percent of the fights, and admittedly I'm playing on a, a lower level of difficulty, but. Like, it's always like, oh, no, like, I get into the room, I take the very first position of cover, and, like, I just kind of wait for everybody to come to me, and, like, that's mm-hmm. it. And, like, I never actually explore the rest of the field, as it were. And, like, this fight, like, there just there's just no cover. Like, you're just, you're just exposed. And so you kind of have to travel around to, to make sure you don't get overtaken. Yeah, I think... I- 
I would kind of argue that this is not like because uh, the game tries to teach you right from the beginning again getting cover this is how you do fights and then they, it wants to throw these like encounters at you where it says and now you don't get to have cover and i like or that's their difficulty spike but right i don't know so, I, I don't so know. one thing i'm wondering is like i'm guessing that the, like what you're saying earlier like maybe these extra these other bodies are other alien races because like man there's a lot of husks on here a lot of husks how big was the science team? That's a good point. Could, yeah, could have been could have been enough to make this many husks because that's a lot. <laughs> Maybe we're not the first people for sure. Sent yeah. after the science team. <laughs> oh no! Service just keeps throwing like, oh, oh, go go find out what happened to the science team. Go find out what happened to the people we sent after the science team. Go find out what the people we sent after the people that sent after the science <laughs> team. Like, all right, call Shepard. They're all dead. Yeah. All right. Now we've now we have uh, some openings, guys. Start doing some hiring. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the thing. If you think about it, if you either want a job with Cerberus or with uh, any of the gangs at the end of Mass Effect 2, like they are all going to be hiring because they're just going to have openings left and right. It'll be good, good, good time for the economy in, uh, in Mass Effect 2. <laughs> Unemployment at historic lows. <laughs> <laughs> In the freelancing sector, there's there's some like uncomfortable real world analogies here, but uh, yeah, uh, <laughs> moving, actually, yeah, you're not wrong. Yeah, moving, moving on. on. Let's move on. So yeah, so then lead or well, you don't know he's, he's Legion at that point, yeah. but the sniper Geff gets shot and he's down, and so Shepard picks him up and drags him out as they flee after you blow up the the Mass Effect core, and then you get your your big dramatic escape where the Normandy comes and saves your butt just at the last minute as you haphazardly toss the gaff over to the ship yeah he he floats he floats he floats it very nicely a very uh i can't think of the word gingerly yes (laughs) Mm. gently yeah there's the number of like times shepherd has to like jump to the normandy in this game (laughs) they do yeah they do use it um a little bit like they lean on that a little bit in this so, and i think well, like the proximity too because you get this and then there's another jumpy moment um yeah yeah don't worry they take it in three they ramp it up well i just wonder if okay like i had to make one an emergency jump to the ship okay it happened once the second time I'm going to be thinking, like, is there some kind of rail I can install? Like, <laughs> mm-hmm. some kind of, like, drawbridge that we could have come down, like, to extend? To, like, like, you know, like, do we need, like, a, a rope? Like, a winch? Right. Give- can I put that on the side of the Normandy? Is that going to fall off when I'm going through the Mass Effect relay? Like, what Actually, What can I do to make this, give this jumping Edie a part space easier? Lasso. Edie gets a space exactly. lasso problem solved. Yeah. Actually, or or you just find out uh, Shepard just likes to do this. It actually is a regular one that just could easily come over and pick him up. He's like, nah, nah, nah. Gotta do, gotta do dramatic. <laughs> if it's not dramatic, it ain't cool. Gotta save the galaxy yeah, see, style. They have to schedule like, you know, like once a month or something, they just spend a day just having Shepard jump into the Normandy <laughs> from different ranges to figure out like a like a field goal kicker. Like, you know, what what, what, what what's sure. your range here? At? What are you at? Yeah. All right. We're just going to do that all day. Try from that angle. All right, how much how much room do you have to run? So we know, so we can just figure out immediately. Oop. We missed we missed Shepard. He's burning up again. Time to rebuild. 
Well, maybe they have like a little model, like they have a gym somewhere where they have like a little model Normandy, like bay door and like, you know, like a ledge and like a ball pit, like a nice little ball foam pit. ball pit. So if, you know, if he misses, he just falls into the, you know, he's fine. <laughs> Get up, do it again. Uh, I like this version better for some reason. <laughs> uh. Yeah, so. So, yeah, so then they get back to the Normandy, and then that's when – that's really when you have to make the decision, like, what are you going to do with this thing? Because it, it, clearly there are questions. Why is it calling him Shepard Commander? Why does it have the N7 armor on it? Um, why can it speak? Mm-hmm. That's the one thing, too, that it didn't even occur to me that, like, oh, yeah, like, Geth don't talk like that. Somebody had a point out, like, yeah, Geth don't talk like that. And I'm like, wait. Oh, you're right. They don't like they just make that little like noise instead of actually like like how did this one piece together human not even piece together human language but then like if, you know like construct the the you know have the ability to actually make those sounds. I mean that was impressive. Right. It's also actually like we can't really use the term one for legion because that's basically how we get their name is. Sure. They are not. Yeah. They are not one. They are many programs, all interconnected. Yeah. Was this? This is like the, it's a mobile platform, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah like, like yeah. The the body we see is not actually what they consider their true self. This is just a, a basically a giant mech for them, with just lots yeah. of pilots. Sure. Yeah. Well, even even then, like he, you know, once you start talking to him, and he says like, oh, like. You know, and he, and he kind of explains how the Geth work. That like, no, like the Geth live in these giant servers, but like all the little things that you see. Like, yeah, like you said, it's a mobile platform. They download, like, thousands of geth into one – what you consider to be one geth is actually already, like, thousands of geth, like, right. hanging out in the same body. And it's it, it's kind of, like, mind-blowing that, like, one – like, there are, there are way more geth than we think there are. But just, like, you know, like, what is a geth? Like, what is a singular person? Again, watching The Matrix recently really messes with your mind on this. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but yeah, but I, I, I do like that. You know, once again, like you finish a mission, you acquire a new character, the possibility of a new character. And like the two, the two sort of like the angel and devil on your shoulder, as it were, you've got Miranda and Jacob and Miranda is just like, sell it to Cerberus. We'll give you cash money for this. Like we'll pay out huge. Like, you you know, you'll be rich. And then Jacob is just like, nope, throw it in the space. Don't want it. Don't need it. Just Which just, is not you know, a choice you can make. You literally cannot space it. But hey, yeah, that's fine. Yeah, like I mean, maybe we're like, like, does does uh Jacob have a history with the Geth? Like, he's super quick to so space it. Like, I'm not sure why it felt kind of odd to me that he would be super more just doing that. Like, is this him being a realist? Is what it was, or well, he's he's been in the Alliance military. He's probably fought some Geth. I mean, well, yeah, you know, they were. But... I mean, they've they've been around. I mean, it's the I think it's the kind of thing that is you know putting aside your understanding of the Geth. Like, I mean, this has traditionally been an enemy. Why would we keep this on board? Like no one's ever made any real progress, like dealing with them before. Anyway, it's it, there's there's no value here. It's all it can do is just wake up and start like you know killing the crew Terminator style. So let's get rid of it. Yeah, no, it's it's not unreasonable, but I, except that you mean, I mean this thing already helped you out, so I don't know. Right, and that's the big that's the big question that I think if anything, it's behavior is what warrants you keeping it alive, you know, mm-hmm. going in and turning it on and questioning it and, and trusting it to a degree. I mean, not to, I mean, okay. So we've seen the Reapers are very good at like, okay, we're just going to play dead and then we're going to spring a trap on you. Like we, you know, we know they're good at that. The Geth, I don't think I've ever done anything quite to that degree. 
And I think especially to have, I mean, th- this would be a very ornate plan on the guests part. If they're like, okay, we want to get on board a ship. So we're going to send out a geth. It's going to learn how to speak English. And then it's going to, you know, fake getting shot, maybe actually get shot. But like once it's right. English, then it's going to try to communicate and, you know, infiltrate your crew that way. Um, and then kill everybody in their sleep. Like that's a, that's a long-term plan. And for what we've seen from the geth, I mean, they don't, you know, they're hostile, but they're not like, they're kind of, they're hostile in a way where they're kind of defending their territory or maybe kind of like right. seeking certain, like they're not. Well, so in the like they're not, I don't, I, I don't even know if hostile is the right word. I mean, I think they're very guarded. Um, yes. But yeah, they're not, they're not invading, you know, uh, they're not expanding beyond the space that they kind of set aside for themselves. Uh, they don't want anybody else in there, but yeah, I don't know. I mean, obviously you keep so, it, like obviously you turn it on. Oh yeah. Yeah. You at least have, you at least have to talk to it a little bit. Yeah. yeah. Cause you, you need these answers. You need to find out why. And the yeah, fact exactly. that it can talk is all the more reason. Like, you know, also, when you're not considering how Lucifer tra- uh, treated, uh, sending the crew over here as dead Reaper. I don't really trust him and taking this, uh, Geth and not screwing that up. Also true. Yeah, well, yeah, the elusive man. He's yeah, he's yeah, he he's not going to have any good uh, any good intentions for anything that Shepard sends to him. No, no, no. But hey, if you send it to him, you can get fifty thousand credits. Even though most of us should probably be maxed out in our money by now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like that's, it. that's not not a lot of need for credits here. I feel like if you cut it up, you could sell the parts individually for more. But yeah, so you, so we, we, so we, so we all, we all had him join our party anyway. So we wake up, we throw oh, him yeah. in the AI core, the room behind uh, Dr. Chakwas. Uh, we wake him up. Uh, Edie is busy actually installing the IFF that we got from the, from the Reaper. Uh, and so that's, that's an important note here is that Edie's going to be busy for two missions. So uh, basically like, well, you're, you're working on the IFF, like, or, or, or well, Edie's working on the IFF. She can't really go anywhere, so you have to take the shuttle. That's right. Your next, yeah. So you wake up the Geth. So he says that he knows Shepard because they've seen videos and they observe all our organic broadcasts. So they've got our TV. They're probably binge watching stuff on uh, Netflix or whatever. Um, Ca- and catching up uh, on old episodes of Ally McBeal. Oh, wrong race. <laughs> <laughs> See, now that's a side quest that should be in there is that Shepard has to recreate an episode of Ally McBeal to keep galactic peace. Yeah, exactly. We're about 800 years too early for that, unfortunately. I was going to say, the Ally McBeal reference feels dated, let oh, alone the, refer- the Futurama reference Seriously. feeling dated yeah. on the McBeal ref- uh, Single female lawyer. Single yes. female lawyer. But, but yeah, but this is when you learn about the difference between the heretic Geth that work for the old machines and the old machines being the geth name for the reapers. And then the good geth who believe all intelligent life should self-determinate. Mm-hmm. And then apparently that the, there's a virus going around that makes the geth worship the reapers. So I guess that virus would be like geth indoctrination indoctrination. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's the um, machine equivalent of it for sure. And this is when, uh, and this is when uh, Legion, as he said, his, he must have said his name by this point, right? Uh, he he uh, doesn't say his name. He is saying. He doesn't say. Okay. So you, you don't have a name for him yet. Okay. Shepard asks, like, what should I call you? You're right. You're right. Yes. And he just says, Geth. We are all Geth. Right. 
But then it's like Edie comes in with, with the one of the I forget the proverb right now. Uh, uh it's I believe it's an Old Testament reference. If I'm not yes. mistaken. Are you asking to join us? Yes. Then what should I call you? Geth. I mean you, specifically. We are all Geth. What is the individual in front of me called? There is no individual. We are Geth. There are currently 1,183 programs active within this platform. My name is Legion, for we are many. That seems appropriate. Christian Bible, the Gospel of Mark, chapter 5, verse 9. We acknowledge this is an appropriate metaphor. We are Legion, a terminal of the Gath. We will integrate into Normandy. So Legion tells you that like, there's a Geth stronghold in the Terminus system that Shepard needs to go to to deal with this virus that's creating more heretic Geth. And that's right. Legion's loyalty mission, which we'll get to in the future. Mm-hmm. Okay, so quick, quick question. I'm going to... I'll have Jarrett cut this part here, but we've got about 10 minutes. Do we want to get into the, I feel like we're going to need more time to get into the, the collectors invading the ship. We will probably. Yeah. So do we want to just cut it there and do a side quest? Sure. Sure. All right. And then, yeah, I'll, I'll probably have Jarrett just re we'll recut the beginning a little bit. I'll, because I know he said, Oh, we're going to talk about that, but we're going to change that. So I'll make it all, I'll make it all make sense in post. Cool. Well, to make it fair, I already forgot that we were going to talk about it. <laughs> um, so yeah so what's real quickly then what side quest do we want to do because uh, we just did the other two uh or do we want to no we probably don't want to yeah we should probably do the invasion with the omega-4 jump yeah i think th that makes more sense now mm -hmm. yeah um we got here uh there's the what the hour uh, what is the the eclipse base where the service wants their cargo and the eclipse is going to destroy it before it falls in the other's yeah. hands so that you have to, yeah, the, the, I mean, heavy, it's a heavy. Oh, this, be oh, I hate this one. Yeah, we can talk about this one for a minute. Okay. All right. Okay, so that's going to wrap up the Reaper IFF part of the mission here. And now, as we said, there's, you have two missions where you have to use the shuttle. Uh, we're going to talk about some side quests now. We're going to get into the loyalty missions later. Uh, and then we're going to explain later on what happens after, two, after the two missions. We're going to kind of hold, we're going to, you know, basically we're going to give you more missions than just the two. Um, but yeah, so you, you, you want to make sure before you do the Reaper IFF, though, you've done some of these side quests here. But we're going to talk about a side quest here real quickly in the Daratar, uh, on the planet of Daratar in the Faryar system in the Hourglass Nebula. Uh, there's a suspected eclipse base there, and Cerberus wants to see if they can get the cargo. Uh, so you land in the base. There's three heavy mechs, I think it is, that see you land. And their objective is to destroy the cargo before you can claim it. So you have to kill the heavy mechs before they can destroy the cargo. And then you get your reward is based off how many, uh, how many of the boxes you can claim when, uh, when that's done. So how well did you guys do? I think like the best oh, I've got is like eight, 18 out of 20. I, I don't know what the best I've gotten, but um, I mean, I probably got like eight to 10 out of 20. I just, I don't like this quest. I kind of, it's just annoying. The heavy mechs are annoying. It's one of yeah. those quests too, where it's like I'm fighting the heavy mechs, and then it's like, okay, I've been saving all my my uh, my uh, heavy ar weapons ar ammo because I mean you can use the collector beam on the heavy mechs, um, and it it makes shorter work of them. They're still a pain in the butt to take out, though. Yeah, because you've really got to like get their all their attention, 
like and keep their attention. Otherwise, they'll be like, oh, going back to shoot the boxes. Yeah, I think that's that's the problem. Is that yeah, you can't just take them out one at a time because well, you're focusing on one, the other two are destroying boxes. You've got to really focus on keeping them on you. Right. Yeah. I so I think I mean eighteen is really good, like getting them focused on you and and keeping them from blowing uh, the boxes up. But um. Yeah, I don't know. I, I think you only lose money. I'm looking at the I'm looking at a wiki page for this. It looks like you only lose money by, you know, not saving different crates, which hey, who cares? Yeah, we got plenty of money by this point. It's just it's yeah, just, it's just the, the, so much money. It's not even the money. I just I just hate not get, hate getting it perfect. That's why I hate this mission is because I, I feel like it's not like getting, you know, perfectly saving all 20 crates is. I don't want, it's not impossible, obviously, but it's annoyingly difficult to a point where, like, I don't want to do it repeatedly. Well, see, I think we're thinking about this the wrong way, is that, as we said earlier, like, you know, we don't trust the elusive man with anything. And so why do we want to give him all this, you know, this cargo here? We should let the mechs destroy all the cargo and then at the last minute maybe leave, like, one box to go through. And just be like, screw you, elusive man, I don't need your money. That's fair. That's fair. I hadn't thought about that. <laughs> yeah. So there's, I mean, there's like a wiki strategy on how to do this, but, uh, oh, you can use the cane. So that's pretty funny. Uh, that's the, 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 M, the heavy weapon, the one that makes a little nuclear explosion, basically. Oh. Because your, so and I'm learning this, uh, your weapons don't damage the crates. So you can go take out a, you can go one shot a mech with the cane and so if you one shot two of them, if you've got a bunch of heavy uh, weapon upgrades, um, you can take down two of the mechs and then the third one, you can get its attention. If you don't get all three, which you can possibly do, if not, you get the third one's attention before it blows up any crates. I'll admit, I, just, I love the collector beam so much yeah. that I really have not played with the other heavy weapons like at all. And I need to kind of do a playthrough just where I just go through just just at least check them out because they do sound yeah, pretty that's, awesome. That's the cane is really fun because it's a really cool way to blow your like if you one of the things I like about the collector, like the particle beam uh, and somewhat like the arc projector as well is like y you can't hurt yourself by being too close and using them. And you definitely can with a cane. Oh, yeah. <laughs> what shooting many nukes is uh, dangerous who knew yeah it's weird right like it is it is pretty easy to kill yourself with it just funny but also not convenient when fighting yeah that's uh that's always a problem but one of the other things that i like about the hourglass nebula is that uh that's the cover to pearl jam's binaural really? it's a great album which yes and because I remember I was flying through that. I'm like, wait, why does this image look familiar? And then I like had to look it up and I was like, oh, yeah, that's the cover to that album, which back in the day when we actually owned albums, <laughs> you yeah. actually had to pull them out, pull them out of your rack and put the CD into your CD player as opposed to just scrolling through whatever interface I we mean, use now. I still buy them. I bought my last one just uh, three weeks ago. So do you buy like physical like are you buying records or are you buying CDs? Both. Oh, wow. OK. All right. I got a CD for my wife for Christmas and I'm kind of like, why did I do that? Because we have like uh, one of the streaming services and I could just listen to the album whenever. Like we haven't actually opened the CD, but we don't need to. Right. <laughs> but it's there. But you it's own it and you pay for, like, for it. For car trips really is what sure. it is. is you can put I must nice get it because I, I, I have uh, too you... many times where either Amazon, like Amazon included, like they'll just delete my files. And I have to rebuy it somewhere else. 
Oh, yikes! That's a problem. Okay, yeah, that's not good. Yeah, yeah, but I think I think that's going to wrap it up for us here. Uh, so let's go ahead then. So thank you to Jarrett for producing and editing, and thank you at home for downloading and listening. We are at Squad Goals N7 on Twitter, also at the Mash Network. Find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash mash those buttons. Also on YouTube at youtube.com slash mash those buttons. Chip, where can people find you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter and occasionally Twitch. Uh, and my handle is at WD. That's the word double Y-E-W-D-E-E. Uh, and here on the Mash Network on Wondrous Tales, where every two weeks uh, we talk about Final Fantasy fourteen and all of the happenings Woo-hoo. there. Kura, where can folks find you? <laughs> they can follow me on Twitter at Kurabaras, K-U-R-A-B-A-R-S, or on twitch.tv slash Kurabara. You can also find me every week talking about Apex Legends on our Apex podcast, Dropping Spicy. And uh, what about you, Nick? And I am at WookieBH on Twitter. You can also find me here on the Mash Those Buttons Network on WoW Talk, talking about Warcraft news and guild management, and also over on the Torn and the Goblin, talking about Warcraft story and lore. Join the Mash Those Buttons community on Discord at mash.gg and email us your thoughts and questions at squadgoals at mash.gg. If you enjoyed this episode and would like to help us out, please share it and rate it if you can. And visit mtb.gg support to see all the ways you can support Mash Those Buttons and all our great podcasts, including on Patreon, where for as little as $1 a month, you can gain early access to content as well as to Patreon-exclusive content. You can also check out our Humble Bundle affiliate link as well as our PayPal one-time donation link over at mtb.gg support. And stay tuned to hear about our other shows on the Mash Those Buttons network. For Chip and Kura, I'm Nick, and I should go. See you, Commander. It's my favorite podcast on the network. Thanks for listening to a Mash Those Buttons production. If you enjoyed the show, you should check out mashthosebuttons.com and see if any of our other shows might interest you. All of our shows are available on your podcast platform of choice like Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and more. If you enjoy our content, you can help support Mash Those Buttons by becoming a patron at patreon.com slash mashthosebuttons, where you can receive Patreon bonuses for as little as $1 a month. You can connect with Mash Those Buttons at twitter.com slash the Mash Network, facebook.com slash mash those buttons, or join our Discord at mash.gg slash Discord. 